0: And welcome into this week's Bonanza After Party, coming to you from an Bay in the Chronic School of Journalism at Arizona State University. My name is Nicholas Hodemna, continuing alongside me, coming to you. We're recording this on a Sunday night for Wednesday publication, so again, do keep that in mind. We might get some more up to the After recorded. In future weeks, but for right now, let's keep that in mind. As we talk about a lot of log jams, and I'm sure we'll be updated by then, but even then, these log jams aren't really going to change. As many, many teams in the Big Ten, ACC, and the Atlantic 10 are fighting for double buys for the respective conference tournaments. A long way to go, but it is worth discussing now, especially in the Big Ten, because outside of Purdue, who is 8 1 in the conference and looking like one of the two best teams in the country. It is a mess. Rutgers, Michigan at 5-3. Wisconsin at 4-3. Not being able to play Northwestern due to a COVID situation at Northwestern. Michigan State at 5-4. Indiana, Illinois, Iowa, Penn State. All 4-4. Four and four. Northwestern, again, they lost a couple of games for the moment due to COVID at 3-3. Three and, three. and then Ohio State and Maryland are at 3-5. So within the two-game gap, you have so much of the conference... And it is worth pointing out that only three of these teams will get the elusive double buy for the Big Ten Tournament come March. And this will be kind of our time to really dissect these conferences very, very carefully. But what, what really stands out to you when you look at just how crowded the Big Ten is at this moment in time?
1: I mean, when you look past Purdue, obviously, being one of the best teams in the country, let alone the conference, It's a lot of teams in that, you know, slightly above 500 mark for the conference. Um, And a lot of great teams in there. I mean, Rutgers is currently ranked. Um, Then you have, you know, Michigan, Wisconsin. Um, Michigan kind of was a little bit wary earlier on in the season. You know, you remember the MTE where they lost back back games, VCU and Arizona State. You have great teams like Michigan State here, Penn State, um, who have won big games this year. Then you have teams like, Indiana, Illinois, Iowa, those sort of teams that they've had some great, amazing games, but they've kind of faltered a little bit. You have a bunch of great teams here where I think Purdue definitely has one of those three buys locked down. But after that, you know, it's really anybody's game here. And then you even have... Teams like Maryland and Ohio State, who are currently under 500 in the conference, but those are solid programs as well. That they can go on and be almost any one of these teams.
0: Yeah, Purdue with that two and a half game gap in the conference standings on Sunday night over Rutgers and Michigan it makes a lot of the Tuesday games be already played by the time this comes to publication. Rutgers, Penn State, Illinois, Ohio State, very crucial games on Tuesday within within this particular right. But there's a lot of teams in here that are kind of unbalanced as far as the efficiency is concerned. You look at a Rutgers team with an elite defensive efficiency, but their offensive efficiency is not quite up there. Iowa with a really good offensive efficiency. One would say a lead within the Ken categorization, but the worst defensive efficiency in the league. Ohio State, also they're with good offensive efficiency, not quite as bad on the defensive side of things but not optimal for a really good team to stand out. So you really have just a lot of chaos right now within the Big Ten Conference. And this is where I think the next two weeks, for all three of the conferences that we're going to discuss, becomes so crucial. Again, it's, it's late January, and a lot of these teams have played seven to eight games in the conference, but you still have more than half of the conference schedule remaining. So this is by far not even close to being over. But right now in the Big Ten, what makes it so unique, you have all these games that are so crucially important. Anyone from Rutgers down to Maryland has a shot at that double bye at this point. And the fact is, only three of them are going to get it. So that right there is, you're looking at only three of 11, a little over 25%. It's going to make every game in this conference so crucial to get the job done and for my money i'm actually finding it difficult to find that team to trust every one of these teams has a major issue indiana they're getting healthier um which is certainly a good sign and certainly one to trust uh but you know some of the losses they've taken wow, short-handed make you really scratch your head you know a team like rockers um i did not put them in my top 25 last week uh, Perhaps a questionable decision to some of them, and they go on the road to Michigan State Thursday, lose that by 13, uh, which, at least in my mind, kind of justified it, if I'm being completely honest there. Um, and a lot of these teams are just they're really highly fed analytically, which really brings cannibalism into play. As far as the NCAA tournament's concerned, we know that Purdue's getting one of the better teams in the country, I would imagine, on the one line. But... Some of these other teams, I mean, we're looking at all of these teams from 8 to 12, and number of bigs is important, yes, but I'll toss this over to you, Nick. I mean, that's not great for the Big Ten Conference of all these teams in a position to where they're first round, second round, XXX, if you go by the seed line.
1: I mean, absolutely. You, You always hate to see it when a conference just eats itself up, and, you know, they're it's they're producing some you know some great games here, but wearing each other down throughout the season. And there's not a lot of these teams in this conference that you know they can make the turn the March tournament. But who's going to excel? Who's going to make it into you know the Sweet Sixteen, the Elite Eight? It's really questionable outside of Purdue. I don't I don't really see see much of that. You know Rutgers might have a shot. You could have a like have a a, a run from like an Indiana or in Ohio State or in Illinois, but you don't really just don't know.
0: Yeah, and I mean, it's just, I mean, really, the question of this segment, I mean, the three teams that we trust most to get the double by when it's all of a sudden done in about five to six weeks' time, I'm going to peg Indiana up here just because I think they're getting healthier. I think that uh, Trace Jackson Davis, he's been having some really solid games way well, my player of the week uh, over the last week. Uh, and, and you just look at the schedule, I mean, you're getting Minnesota I mean later today. I mean that's gonna be a win, I would imagine for sure out of Minnesota. It gets a lot tougher from there, but you get Michigan twice, Northwestern in there, Iowa, Michigan State, Maryland. If Indi if Indiana's gonna separate itself and earn the double bye, they need to beat the Maryland's of the world. They need to beat the Michigan States of the world. They need to be the Iowa's of the world, Michigans, Northwesterns, they gotta win those games. And I actually do trust uh, that they'll be able to do that. Illinois is of in a weird spot, but I mean, they have the, certainly the talent to do it. Um, and I would imagine that. I mean, they'll, I don't know whether it's just gonna fall, but again, it just makes things ultra interesting. I don't know about Ohio State. I don't know about Northwestern, Wisconsin. It really just feels like, as, as I toss the question over the teams you trust to get the double, the double buys come the Big Ten tournament, Whoever that forward seat's gonna be, it might be a decent upset pick based on the matchup they get within the course.
1: I mean, I of course have to take Purdue um, with the first guaranteed spot here, but then after that, you know, it's really questionable because you know Rutgers has been pretty strong um, when you look at the uh, the analytics and their resume has been pretty good. But we're looking at how are they going to play within this conference? So far, they're five and three um, with a with a couple of, of good wins. They've lost to Iowa. They've lost to Michigan State. Um, and then even before the really conference slate started, they lost to Ohio State. So I really don't know how much they're going to fare for the rest of this this run. I mean, I think Indiana is a pretty good um, pick here in terms of, you know, I, I think Trace Jackson Davis is going to be able to lead Indiana through a pretty easy conference, or not easy conference, but I think he's going to lead them pretty well through here. But then you get to that that third spot, could Michigan State jump up there and grab that? Could Penn State jump up there and grab that? I think that that third spot belongs to either one of those th- those two teams. I don't know if Rutgers can necessarily sustain um such a a, a pretty strong start throughout the rest of their their slate.
0: And Rutgers' defense and efficiency the, the is going to keep them in every single ball game. I think that's been proven time and time again. Even including that win at Purdue, which I don't know if anyone else will be able to get this year. That's a big signature win for the Scarlet Knights. I mean, I I certainly would put them in the conversation of possibly grabbing fourth. I mean, with how much of a log jam this Big Ten is, I wouldn't be shocked if they got the second seed. I I, I really wouldn't. I mean, defensive efficiency like that is really going to play a big part of things. And certainly for my money, I think that absolutely that should be a big case for them to go in, possibly grab that and then make some noise possibly after that. But you mentioned the sustainability part of it, the offense, it cannot continue to be this bad. I think that's the problem about Rutgers there is that the offense has got to get it going. If they improve the offense, if they improve, I should say, the offensive efficiency, the defense is there for Rutgers to make something magical happen this season. I I really do believe that. I mean they have the really tough environment at Jersey Mike's Arena, though we like to call it the rack still. They, they have a lot of that thing, uh, the good qualities you need, and, and, and certainly not a bad shout there. Over the ACC, really bad year for the ACC analytically. I mean, they've dropped to below the plus 10 mark in the uh, Ken Palm Conference ratings, which is by the adjusted efficiency margin for a team expected to go 500 in conference play, as stated on their website. Uh, but Clemson and Virginia are the two teams who have done really well in conference play. And have probably earned the assumption of getting to the mark of a double bye. Um, Clemson certainly has some things to overcome in particular. Um, not as good as like Miami or Duke or even in North Carolina we're being honest with ourselves here. But they have done really everything they can to put themselves in a really good spot to where they are multiple games behind the logjam for the double bye at this moment. I also trust Virginia to get the job done as well. They're a game back. Uh, of Clemson, but I certainly think they'll be able to get the job done. Now we get into the logjam. You have right now five different teams that's six and three in the conference going into the next upcoming full week, and you'll have more games played by the time this is taken care of. But North Carolina at six and three with a Tuesday game at Syracuse. Miami six and three. The game Tuesday at Florida State. Pittsburgh at six and three. Lake Forest at six and three. Syracuse 6-3. Again, that North Carolina-Syracuse game will be a monster of a, of a one to watch. Dukes a half game behind a 5-3 and three at this moment, though a Monday game against Virginia Tech will probably end up being a win. Of course, probably, but again, in college basketball, you never quite know. And then NC State and Florida State are 5-4 as of Sunday. You get that big gap between them and the rest of the pack. So, really, you now have about eight teams fighting for two double bids, double-double buys, I should say, in the conference tournament, in the ACC tournament. For me, I like Miami. I love the way their backcourt's been playing, and I do think it's sustainable for the Miami Hurricanes, I and mean, they've done a fantastic job now you have meeting of North Carolina, meeting with Duke coming up. But outside of that, the games aren't really hard. I mean, at Clemson could be a huge challenge in February 4, but I really see the uh, schedule for Miami being very favorable. How, how about your take on that?
1: Um, yeah, they definitely have um, a, a very winnable um, rest of their, their season. They do have five Quadrant 1 um, games left so far, Um which, I mean, I, I think for, for my number one uh, pick for, for a bid, uh, I'm taking Virginia on that one. They have three three quadrant one games left. So it's kind of that, that sort of separation where it's like, yeah, you have these these difficult um, games coming up. But I think Miami, I'm pretty confident in their abilities so far. I mean, not a, besides that um, loss at Georgia Tech, not a ton of very terrible losses so far. Um, on this season, they've been doing pretty well, um, especially here in this conference. Uh, conference slate only only three losses in this ACC. Um, but can they can they get it back up? Um, get jump up to one of those two spots? I am not hundred percent sure that they can necessarily. Yeah,
0: and it will be tough for Miami, and I mean, and again, we should mention how bad the ACC is. The double bye and the single bye, the difference between those will be critical for a lot of these teams trying to get into the NCAA tournament. Miami is one that could certainly use that. From there, for me, it comes down to Duke and North Carolina. I think both of these teams certainly have the talent uh, to get the job done, and then that's kind of the way we're going here. I eventually believe that talent's going to be the thing that gets teams across the finish line when it comes to season-long arcs trying to sustain themselves over the course of time and certainly i think that'll be the case here duke's been a little shaky in 2023 but they have been getting better i think over the course of time north carolina really fits that bill even better the team getting better over the course of time and i certainly think as we go into february in the next few weeks and we start to see this vlog jam sort itself out i do think north carolina will be out of the lock jam, I think the preferred choice to get the double by Talent's coming together. Players are playing really well. And, and I, I certainly believe the Tar Heels. Be, I've i been a firm believer in them for a long time. I've I've kind of put them a little bit higher in my personal rankings than I think most would. Uh, but I, I certainly think North Carolina, they have the talent. They need to continue putting together like they have over the course of of these first few weeks to start out 2022, or 2023, I should say. Oh, my goodness. Absolutely. I mean, I do think
1: North Carolina is definitely deserving of one of those those two double buys, and I think that they will get one of them. Um, you know, they are only two games behind that, that, that mark right there at 6-3 and three right now. Um, and, you know, the, the the rest of their schedule, they can definitely win it. You know, we talked a little bit on the Sunday show about their next game on, or it'll be in the past by, by this is by the time this goes up, but that, that game at Syracuse, that's going to be very important to see how the, the rest of their season goes. Uh, with my other double buy, I'm going to be going with um, Virginia. They're a very, very solid team. Um, actually listed at 11th in Kempom, 13 in the net right now. Um, the statistics are loving them. And they only have they have three Quadrant one games left, which, you know, it seems like most of the other ACC teams have um, five or six left. It looks like they got a good bulk of their um their their schedule out of the way um and now you have four quadrant four games a quadrant three couple quadrant twos this is a very very um good schedule for them in terms of how many wins can you rack up here within the conference to get that that seating um i i definitely have the faith that virginia can take one of those two two spots
0: yeah how how can reach the idea of Clemson eventually sustaining their starts good start during the double bye because their their schedule the rest of the way I don't think it's that bad at all I mean the next three games in particular Georgia Tech already played by Tennessee goes out Florida State Boston College you get Florida State again in the 15th Louisville Notre Dame Syracuse these are those seven games are all winnable and even if they were to lose The really competitive games, the games they're behind on in Ken Palm, which we speak on on Sunday night. Miami, North Carolina, NC State, Virginia. Puts in the five ACC losses, yes. But you're really talking about this Clemson team going into the ACC tournament at 15-5. and It honestly could be enough to get them the double bye. I truly believe that. Absolutely, and they have
1: a great advantage right now. They're at 8-1 and in the conference. They're leading the conference. Um And, you know, in terms of conference Quadrant 1 games, they're 3-1, yet they have a loss that they took at Wake Forest. But you won at home against Duke. You won at home, or uh, you won at home, oh, wow, actually, two road wins as well against Pittsburgh and Virginia Tech. You're off to a very, very strong start. And then the rest of the way, like you mentioned, is a very, very winnable slate. You know, a couple four Quadrant 4s, a couple Quadrant 3s. There is a very definite chance that you know they end up with 15 fifteen five sixteen and four, and that would definitely be enough to push them over the edge. Now, is there a chance that you know Clemson could wear down against some of these teams? You know, going on the road against Boston College, maybe when you go up against Miami, maybe you could slow down a bit. Um, but it, it just depends on um, how they're able to, to keep this this strong start going.
0: Yeah, and I think part of the surprise of this ACC and part of why this log jam is also very interesting, Virginia Tech 1-7 in ACC, they played themselves out of any serious <laughs> double bye contention at this point, and yet Florida State, 5-4 and four in the conference, after the bad start they had to the season, they're causing chaos left and right, and I think that's really interesting that, yeah, Florida State analytically is not that great, and we kind of talked, talked press them aside as far as Clemson's schedule is concerned, but she has been winning some games in the ACC, and that's made this conference all the more interesting, as there's a great chance that Florida State can play spoiler to some of these teams' double by ambitions in the ACC tournament, Nick.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, we the, that Florida State, the way that they started, I mean, like, w- winning one of their first 10 games, that's a terrible start. You know, their out-of-conference play was horrendous, but, you know, they've really been able to turn it around here. Um, you know, especially with road games, road wins against Pittsburgh, that's a that's a quadrant one win. Their first one of the season. They have four more opportunities. Um, but besides that, they've been taking care of the games that they they're supposed to win. Um, you know, quadrant four games against you know Virginia or sorry Georgia Tech, Louisville, and they've been making their way back. They've won back to back road games now, um, against Notre Dame and Pittsburgh, and they've been on the up and up. They have a couple. Um, games coming up they, they host miami they host Clemson um and i guess those two games are really where where we're gonna see um where they sit within this conference we saw how they did outside of it had their their terrible terrible start but what is their identity within the ACC i'm very very excited to see um how those two go
0: yeah i don't think it's sustainable i don't think they've proven that but certainly i mean they've caused chaos at this point so far no reason why they can't continue the chaos, and just really just trying to recover a broken season at this point. I think that would be truly remarkable for Florida State to end up with an above 500 record in the conference. Now we switch to the Atlantic 10, and this conference, I've written about it, we've talked about it. It's a really bad A-10 this year, and quite a shame to see go down. But, still a lot jam at the top of this conference. You have TCU and St. Louis tied atop the conference at 6-1. On Sunday, and a lot of these next Kevin game games will be Wednesday. So very much up to date for good listening for the A10 for you A10 fans out there. Days a game behind at five and two, you get George Washington at four and two. They've had a good early start, and then Richmond, George Mason, St. Bonaventure. <coughs> excuse me, at four and three, 4 of a three and three. there's I don't need to go through the rest again. Four are under the bye. The others will play an additional game in the A10 tournament. And again, it's a conference that's had all kinds of capitalism over the last several years. So this is nothing new for anybody watching the Atlantic 10 basketball. But you look at this conference, I certainly think it's fair to start off with, I think, the three double-by favorites. VCU, St. Louis, and Dayton. All three of these teams, by far the best analytically, they all have their strong suits for VCU and Dayton. That's defense. For St. Louis, that is offense. And they've all proven that they are up of a certain level of task. For some, they've been disappointing, like St. Louis. But all three of these teams, I feel like, are heads and shoulders above the rest of the A10. Even though it's a wacky A10, where none of these teams, I think, are truly at large viable right now. Oh, absolutely.
1: And um, you know, you mentioned those three right there. Um, And there's a there's a gap already in the conference. standing so far vcu and st louis already sit at six and one dayton only a game behind at five and two but then it kind of drops off to george washington four and two st bonaventure four and three um and so on and so forth but it it seems like that that sort of gap is already starting to, to show through and i where i think dayton sits at number three right now i think that could rise up a little bit but um most certainly those three are the the sole contenders for those top three spots but then you get down to that four and that, you know, that's where we're starting to have some questions. You know, you have a team like George Mason. Um, in terms of the net, they're, they're the fourth best team in this conference, but um, they sit at six in the standings right now. George Washington is only half a game behind Dayton. They sit currently sit at that fourth spot. Um, but they are, and in terms of analytic, analytically, that team isn't very well favored um, in terms of being 177th in the net right now. Um, they don't have any quadrant one games on their schedule. In their quadrant two games, they're two and four and they don't have any more coming up. Um, so the the stats don't really like them, but so far in this conference slate, they're they're bearing okay for themselves. And in a, a conference that this year especially is much weaker, um that that or that gap that they have right now, um above fifth place St. Bonaventure, I I they could really start to take off with that gap.
0: I think it's certainly worth paying attention to George Washington. No, they're not going to the NCAA tournament. They have bad losses in the knock-on. The UC San Diego, American, Pepperdine, Seattle, Hofstra on the road. But what you have here is a team who has beaten teams around them analytically. Took care of business at the level of Chicago. Losses on the road to St. Andrew. Richman, I should say. And at home against St. Louis, I should say. But the schedule lightens up. Very much so. I mean, they don't play any more of, I think, what we would call the big three in this year's A-10 until the very final game of the regular season on March the 4th against VCU. Other than that, it's a lot of proving opportunities for George Washington with teams around them, a little, a little bit favored above them or somewhat below them. George Washington's schedule was not bad the rest of the way, and I certainly think I wouldn't favor them at this point by any stretch of the imagination. I think there are teams better than like a Richmond, like a George Mason, who I would expect to get the job done uh, over them. But the fact of the matter is, for his teams against the big three, George Washington has less of those left on the schedule. So certainly an interesting one to keep an eye on as well. Um, and a team like, say, Bonaventure, they will get their games against VCU and Dayton out of the way in the next two weeks. So they will go into early February after the game against Dayton on the the 4th of February with that easier schedule the rest of the way, affording the big three for the final three or four weeks of the year. So I think it might be a come down, excuse me, it could come down to a lot of that, a lot of the scheduling. And for these teams, for the George Washingtons, Richmonds, George Masons, St. Bonaventures, what can you do against Dayton, St. Louis, and VCU? can you pick up the wins the upset wins over those three schools one two maybe all three of them if you're really fortunate that i think is going to determine who gets the fourth double by slot it's a it's a four seed i would not trust in any way shape or form don't get me wrong but i think it's a very important mark for really some of these programs i mean george washington right now 10 and 9 overall first year coach i think that'd be very nice to get the improvement and get the double by and. Make that statement uh, that you are there. Uh, You look at a team like Richmond, probably would have expected a lot more under Chris Moody this year. It would be nice to kind of salvage something, get the double bye in the conference tournament. George Mason right now, 12-8 overall. Kim English this second year. What a good improvement mark that would be. The point here is, no, none of these teams will be a valuable at-large conversation team. No, some of these teams did not meet their expectations. But there's still a lot to play for the Atlantic 10 and the double body destination I think is a huge one for for a lot of these teams. The chance of the conversation back to VCU St. Louis Dayton. Do you think one of these teams pulls off a massive winning streak, gets on a big run, you know, stays at five or six losses through mid to late February? And maybe improve enough for the analytics to get people talking about those a possible at-large team. Do you think that's possible?
1: I mean, going from mid to mid February to late, um, or to the end of the season, BCU really has a a opportunity to kind of run off with that. Um, they play uh, St. Louis and Dayton back to back in the beginning of February, but after that, it's all Quadrant Three games from there on out. Um, and I think that's really their opportunity to kind of run away with it they have those two um, games where they are going to be tested and then once you come off of that you kind of get to start hit you can hit the ground running if you win those games if you lose them you can kind of um, use those lessons that you get from that game kind of have that little chip on your shoulder and win out but I mean looking at these teams I think BCU has the best shot out of out of those three to kind of Catapult yourself into that that sort of at-large bid.
0: Yeah, it's gonna take quite a lot as really no one's guarding the attention right now I mean, so it's looking at where the bracket matrix some of the seed listing uh, for VCU right now I mean, it's 12 12 12 12 Some of them are 13. So now the field There's some other stuff, but it's, it's not looking good for them right now They need to prove themselves and right now, we sit here, late January, there's still so much season left to be played. Just win. I mean, we talk about the A-10 like they're at Lord Streak's dead. We can't see that for certain right now. It's only January, for crying out loud. We have to see how things play out. And it's going to take a lot. I mean, VCU, I mean, what are they, 78th that Manhattan on a Sunday? Yep. I mean, Dayton's barely in the top 70 right now. <laughs> I mean... There's such a huge hole for so many teams to go. And especially you look at the Q3 and 4 records. I mean, Dane's got two Q3 losses. BC's got a Q4 loss. St. Louis has a loss in Q3 and 4 I mean, there's so much ground that these teams have to make up for. And there are not a lot of opportunities, if any at all, to pick up a Q1 win. So it's going to be almost impossible for these guys to get the quality wins they need to stand out. But I'll tell you this, you look at a VCU team, they catapult up the the analytics for the next six weeks. They win, 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 win some more. You know, you get to a point where you only have like six losses overall going to the 8-10 tournament. What's not to say that, that VCU rises enough to earn some bubble talk conversations? That's the kind of thing we're dealing with right now And there's still so much on the line in the A-10. I think the streak's like 15 or 16 tournaments they've had a multi-bid league. It is very much in danger, yes. But right now, it is not a for sure gone conclusion as it's done. Still so much on the line. Yes, right now it's looking awful, but you have to let this play out. And we'll do it for our after party this week. Again, on Sunday, we're back in the Dawson Radio studio with another hour of fantastic college basketball content for you. For Nick Kinney, I'm Nicholas Hodel. Have a very good rest of your week, everyone, and we'll see you back on Sunday night on BlazeRadioOnline.com.